Oh, hi, hello, it's me, Sean Capri. Before we get started, I just want to tell you something. Maybe you are on the bus right now. Maybe you're walking your dogs. Maybe you're even taking a poop right now. But while you're not busy, can I ask you to go over to iTunes and rate this podcast? It's the easiest way to support this show, and my happiness depends entirely on your five-star rating. Without you and your five-star rating, we can't grow this community of we the gamers, and that would make me a sad little panda. A nice old five-star rating would be really huge. I really appreciate that. You listen to the show and would love you even more if you made my day with a quick rating. Okay? Got it. Great. Let's get into some We The Gamer cast, shall we? Episode 18 of a brand new rebooted We the Gamer cast hosted by WeTheNerdy.com. This show publishes on iTunes and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Most Mondays, sometimes Tuesdays, I guess in this case late on a Tuesday, Wednesday morning. Here's the deal. Every week I have some sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and we talk about some video games. I dive deep into the minds of gaming's biggest fans. Last week I had a fellow Canadian... Brock McLaughlin, who on the show I was butchering his name, so I think I've got it right now. Uh, he might be the internet's busiest dude. I had a great chat with him. He's got an awesome website. You should go check it out and bookmark it, brockdmclaughlin.com. That's like McLaughlin, like McLovin, but McLaughlin. You, you get it. You guys are cool. Many uh, if you like this week's episode, because I've got a great little chat coming up for you with El Capitan. If you like this, go back. Listen to my conversation with Brock. Maybe go back another couple weeks. Listen to my chat with uh, the Geek Guru. With Bobby. Guy's a great dude. Got got some good chats with some good dudes. Hopefully, uh, maybe I'll get some not dudes on the show at, at some point. I think uh try and mix it up a little bit. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys want to have like a weird blind date with me on the internet talking about video games. I don't mind. It's a, it's a different show. It's different than... Four people sitting around talking about the news, because uh, let's let's face it, you already you know the news. By the time you get around to this podcast, you already know what Xbox is doing. You know about their backwards compatibility. You know about Forza coming to PC and Gears of War coming to PC, and Forza has some sort of weird Porsche expansion pack that's not really that weird, but it's sort of expected because it's been done before. Uh, what else do you know? You know all that stuff. You know Xbox is thinking about maybe having some upgrades. There's expensive VR out there. We don't need to cover anything like that. Sort of like I just did. Um, but yeah, we sort of spend this time at the at the front end just talking a little bit about me. Make sure that you go over, rate the, rate the podcast on iTunes. Five-star rating is really, it's either if you're not first, you're last. And I think that applies to iTunes Wait, I think I don't think I am first. I might be close to last, actually. If I'm not first, then I guess I am. Anyway, where, how the hell did I even get over here? Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. Every week is bigger than the last week, and it's all thanks to you guys. And I really appreciate getting some really cool feedback from the community of fellow podcasters and any and some of the 
people listening. It's been been awesome. So thank you for spending time with me and, and spending time with some of the fellow podcasters from the internet. We're all doing it for the love of video games, and it's cool to kind of get to know somebody new. And I was telling somebody just today that my subscription list is getting a little bit out of hand because every week I'm meeting somebody new and, and discovering their podcast. And so before I had, you know, kind of the basic staples of podcasts with IGNs, you know, their Xbox and their and their uh, Beyond and NVC. And then it spills over into kind of funny and they've got all their stuff with the games cast and the Game Over Greggy show. Uh, got a few comedy ones too. You guys, sh- you guys should definitely check this one out. You already know about all the video games, but if you want a good laugh, there's one weekly podcast. It's called The Crab Feast. It's with two comedians, Ryan Sickler and Jay. Oh my goodness, I can't remember his his name. Jay Larson, Lawson, Jay something. My phone isn't catching up with me. Anyway, I've been listening to that. Yeah, Jay Larson. Yeah, okay. So I got it right. I don't feel so bad. This they started out so great, it, oh, the, and their laugh is just so contagious. If you guys are sort of maxed out on the video game podcast, go check out the Crab Feast. These guys are just hilarious. And uh, if you need an episode that's a good one to start out with, search for Mick Betancourt. Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about this for so long. That thing is just so funny. Um, been listening to that for a few years, so there's a little bit about me. Oh, and if you want to. Let me know what, what you're listening to these days or what you think of the of the show. Why not jump on Facebook? Come say hi at We The Nerdies Facebook group. That's kind of where I'm hanging out and, and chatting. And don't be a lurker. Be nice. Be friendly. We're all nice. And uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you're playing. Let me know how you, what you think of the show. Leave some comments there. I think that would be great. And it'd be good to have you. It'd be good to be part of the group. We can all just be nerdy together. Uh, my guest this week is Ray Al Capitan Osorio, and this guy is just a rod of positivity. Uh, he was really nice enough to kind of come on the show really last minute. I was like, is anybody interested? And friend of the show, Josh Brandt, let me know that he might be interested, and he jumped on board, and I'm like, okay, so let's do it like right now. And uh, just an awesome guy. I, I think you guys are really going to just get a nice lift out of this conversation because he's just super positive um loves games he's one of those guys who kind of like uh, the geek guru's got a great memory and just has uh, an ability to recall things with just great detail and i always enjoy talking to people like that because i'm definitely not like that as much as i'd love to be i have only a few select memories that are locked in my brain that i can pull out at any given time but the rest is sort of just living by the seat of your pants and just living life Ray does his podcast, Nerd Overdrive podcast. It's a, I just listened to the, my first episode. They had like five people on. They had the guys over from DNA on. Uh, good jumping on point. <laughs> Those guys are just full of energy. You know when you're listening to a, a podcast called Nerd Overdrive and it comes on with some intense dubstep and then just like five people all at the microphone. My God, that's just like, if you guys want a pick-me-up not only with positivity, with just a burst of energy, it's like a podcast on an energy drink. It's like this thing just slam back six Red Bulls and then put the podcast right in your eardrums. Check that out. That's a really awesome thing. And I love this little community of podcasters I'm I'm starting to meet here. And Ray was just, man, I can't say enough good things about my conversation with Ray. And uh, without further ado, here it is. Ray El Capitan Osorio. (laughs) 
love that. That's basically like where I wanted to go with this whole podcast. This idea is is the GameStop mentality of like walking in there, you know who your friends are, you kind of just go say, hey, what's up? And, and you start to talk about video games. And I realized like that's kind of the thing that I like doing the most uh, about as much, if not maybe even more than playing the games themselves so i just kind of thought i would just start talking to strangers on the internet <laughs> about video games and turns out there's like this massive community of of podcasters on the internet who all sort of know each other like i talked to josh brandt not too long ago and then he passes me off to you of course and yeah. next thing i know i'm on life of gaming podcast i'm on bobby's i'm on the geek guru podcast and like the geek cast it's just been an absolute ride man so i i, I want to ask how did everything start with you? You obviously have like a really tight group. I was just listening to your guys' podcast, The Nerd Overdrive, and like right from the get-go, you know you're in for some energy. So tell me a little bit about the, the Nerd Overdrive podcast. So the Nerd Overdrive podcast was the brainchild of me and my best friend, Lee Navarro, um, who I met through Becky Navarro, who I used to work with. Um, since then, we kind of kind of went our separate ways with our career paths and things like that. Um, but at first we actually wanted to start a sports podcast. Oh. We were like, yeah, we're going to do this sports podcast. And you know, that's a little known fact. And then, well, what happened was we were looking at the sports podcast, but then there was kind of like the, the saturation of different, you know, different sports radio and stuff out there. So we're like, now nah, we're not going to do that. So fast forward a couple years. And then I got involved with extra life. This is my sixth year doing it. And I approached Becky and Lee about three, uh, this is our third year. So four years ago. And I said, hey, guys, I'm getting involved in this Extra Life thing. You know, I think it'd be a good fit for you guys because you're gamers. You know, we do a marathon for, you know, Children's Miracle Network for sick kids. You know, are you guys in? And That's they're awesome. like, yeah, we're in. And so then from there, um, we started doing some different things. And I was leading a different team back then. And then things kind of fell apart with that old team. And then so from the ashes of that old team, a.k.a. like the Phoenix. I love it. We started, we started Phoenix Overdrive. And then from there, we're like, hey, we want to do a podcast. You know, we wanted to do YouTube stuff. So thus was born Nerd Overdrive, you know, keeping with that Overdrive branding. Um, we kind of went some changes. You know, we were like the N3RD, like the Leet Speak. Yeah. Um, but we changed because one of our partners that was in it with us, he left. And that's when Becky kind of came in and was doing the podcast with us. Yeah. You know, things happen, things change, you know, stuff like that. So, but with that, our biggest thing here, like from the, from the very beginning, when you guys are thinking about doing a sports podcast to like, how long ago is that? That's a couple of years okay, ago Okay. So that was, uh, 2012. Okay. Okay. So we're talking a little so, bit of time here. So a little bit of time. So then from then, and then in 2013, we started the extra life stuff together. Uh, then 2014, we founded Phoenix Overdrive, uh, the extra life team. And then last year we started Nerd Overdrive, which is our podcast and Phoenix Overdrive YouTube channel and all that stuff. So it's this whole kind of like network of it's amazing how things you never know how they're all going to turn out. It's not even like anybody's got a real goal of what's supposed to be happening, but it's just this this beautiful thing. You touch on so many things I want to talk about. I just love where everything is coming from here. So Extra Life is, uh, you know, for me, I've been I work at a cancer charity here in Canada. I've been um fundraising for a little over seven years and it all started with uh participating in kind of like marathon soccer games and and these different kind of just ridiculous events but all in the name of charity so as soon as i saw that you guys had an extra life page i'm like man that hits so close to home just fundraising and doing things for a good cause is 
is a part of who I am. And anytime I meet kind of fellow gamers who also have that maybe a little bit of a softer side to them, I gotta, gotta dig a little deeper and find out like, where does, where does extra life fit in, in the life of Ray? Uh, extra life fits in my life because as a child, um, I grew up in Puerto Rico for part of my life. Okay. We moved to the, we moved to the States, um, when I was about seven, almost eight years old. And then from there I got really sick and I was actually taking, uh, we moved to Indiana and from there I had to go to Riley's Children's Hospital of Indianapolis and they were a children's miracle network hospital. Um, so big part of this, the reason why I extra life was because of the care and the doctors and the nurses and everyone I got to meet in my experience when I was a sick kid, you know, over the course of, you know, two to three years in Indianapolis, um, and seeing the kind of care and what they do for kids. Uh, it was like a no brainer when I first heard about it, I heard it supported children's miracle network hospitals. I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do it. (laughs) You know, I'm, you know, let's do it. You know, and without hesitation, I did it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt Um, that you're going to be playing games to help support the kids. Right. It's kind of a win-win. Yeah. That's definitely one of my, one of my passions always as a kid was always like, I got really involved with like computers and gaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as a kid being sick and everything like that, couldn't really go outside much, couldn't do too much. So gaming was kind of like my escape out of my like, hospital room or out of my bedroom and things like that so i remember back in the day i had like my like when i couldn't have like a tv or anything i had my game boy but it was always like my nes or my snes stuff like that and you know i was a nintendo kid um so i was always playing my games and stuff like that whenever i couldn't get out and about and you know not to say i didn't go outside and i didn't have a normal childhood like playing baseball with my friends or football or basketball stuff like that but there were times when i was too sick to go outside you know so Stuff like that. So that was that was the whole driving force between you know behind me starting Extra Life and then just the whole positivity factor behind myself and the community and things like that. Um, which actually the Phoenix kind of has a double a double symbolism for me yeah. um, because back in 2014 I was going through a lot. I started going through a lot of medical struggles and things like that. And so in talking with Becky, my best friend and also one of our co-hosts on Nerd Overdrive. Um, she's like, you know what? You can do it. You just have to rise above your situation or your circumstances and you can do it. So, um, I know you probably noticed the, what, what they started to call the obnoxious positivity on my part. Um, (laughs) AKA you can, you can credit Kiku of the Neek podcast for that. Uh, Chris Kiku, um, for that is my, my whole thing is always rise above. And I give my rise above thoughts of the day. I have, um, the blog that I, that I, try to write for but i don't ever have enough time to do yeah man you're uh, taking all the radio you're taking all the questions right out of my right off my page i absolutely <laughs> love it you did i did all my research and here you are just going on about it let's so so i had an okay day today we're gonna i'm just gonna take a pause today i'm gonna i had pretty good day i went to work kind of just usual monday right and uh but i knew that we had this recording that i was looking forward to and i've been listening to your guys podcast trying to catch up kind of do like a little bit of overnight catch up and uh, one of the last things that I saw was this Rise Above pot, um, blog that you've been writing. And you just posted today, so February 29th. Everybody should go check it out. And um, I, I'll probably read either the intro or the outro of this. I want to read a little bit of this because, honestly, like it just took me from kind of a mediocre mood. And I just want to – like I don't know if anybody ever gives you this feedback at all, but it just – it just did. It literally did what you wanted it to do. It rose. It it took me above. It took me to a better place, a, a better state of mind. So um, I don't know if you're getting that sort of feedback, but yeah, where did this 
come from? Like you have such a positive aura about you. I can't help but smile just talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole rise above thing. I, like I said, I can credit Becky for that. Yeah, man. That's um, awesome. Where it kind of, it kind of started off as like, you know, cause I mean, everyone, when you're going through bad times and everything like that, I was, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of having some issues. Um, but going through, you know, health issues and I was going through stuff with work because I was sick and then going through things in my personal life. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a dad first and a gamer second, you know, uh, I have three girls, they're nine, five, and three. Nice. Um, you know, so, so having illness impact every part of your life, you know, and it's either like, you're just going to let it beat you down and you're just going to sit there and take it. Or you can, you know, try and do your best to get back to your feet and stagger along the way, stumble a little bit or keep and keep going, you know? Um, so that's where the whole rise above came from. You know, it's always, you know, like my new tagline is always, you know, you know, fight, strive and live or live, fight, strive, you know, keep going forward, you know, no matter how deep or how dark you think the hole that you're in is, is, Mm -hmm. you know, you can always overcome it. You can always come out and, you know, at the end of the day, you could say you made it and you more than likely will be better for it, you know, and that's where the rise above, you know, the riser term came from a friend, you know, she was just like, well, what do we call ourselves? You know, they were, they were joking around with nicknames. Like, are we like, little phoenix like hatchlings like are we like this or that and then somebody (laughs) said hey we're risers because we rise above and so that's where that came from and then you know our tagline that we call all of our friends are are, you know hey because of the nerd overdrive hey nerds and nerdettes that's our thing yeah um but you know we you know and that's the only thing is like if i and you know what's funny is i really did it more for me the rise above thing was more for me kind of that moment in time where it's like i needed to pick me up for myself and those were just kind of like my thoughts on how I felt for the day. But I have heard the feedback from other people like, hey, because you posted this, this helped me get through a tough time. And we called our, our the nation, the Phoenix Overdrive Nation, though, that's our Phoenix family. Like we I feel closer to most of them than I even do some of my own family sometimes. You know, we talk about games and we talk about our nerd stuff and the things that we love. But, you know, we have our serious moments, too, yeah. where we talk about kind of how things are affecting our lives and what we're going through. You know, like one of our friends, Justin, he's getting married soon. And so he's all anxious and hyper about that, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, he's just, you know, it's just we're just kind of growing close like that kind of community. You know, that small little piece of the Internet, as we call it, you know, and growing close like a family would. It's, you know? it's so. a beautiful thing. And it's funny how I've been thinking about this a lot lately about how you can you can approach people on the Internet. You can Skype chat with them. You can get very close to these people and it's almost because this is what i've been thinking about uh, because you just get over the fact immediately that we just love and think about video games all the time so now that that's out of the way (laughs) now that we know that we're all what we're all thinking about all the time we can there's this sense that everybody can sort of open up to each other there's no judgment because you know maybe what happens with a lot of people growing up who play video games is people judge them for doing that and people you know maybe you should be outside playing sports or but you'd rather be playing nintendo inside and so there's uh we i think we all come from a similar place when it comes to that and it like, we're all being brought together and we're i don't know i'm, I'm 31 years old i'm not sure uh, i think you're about the same ray yeah I'm, thir- I'm 32 it's amazing how that happens i'm finding all these 32 year olds on the internet so. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom would be so proud uh, 83 was a good year i, I know right <laughs> well yeah it definitely was and uh an historic year as well in the, in the world of video games but 
I, you know, it's that's the whole spirit of, of my podcast is really just getting to know people a little bit more than uh, in the case of other podcasters, allowing them just the chance to kind of go outside the topic of the week and just kind of getting to know who that person is, who the person behind the voice is a little bit. So I'm so thankful that you're you're able to spend a little bit of time with us. So I do want to go back. You kind of mentioned a little bit how you were uh, you're a Nintendo kid growing up. You spent a lot of time with with the Game Boy. Approximately how many AA batteries do you think you went through? <laughs> I, I don't know. All I know is my. I remember my dad saying, I'm going to have to buy stock in Duracell after a while because you're going through so many batteries. Because, because I mean, you know, like on car rides, because I grew up in Gary, Indiana, so it was like roughly an hour and a half to hour, 45 minute trip to the hospital and back by car. Yeah. So. And, you know, those things weren't very battery-friendly back in the day. You probably got maybe four hours on a set of double A's if you were lucky. Oh, tops. So I, you know, tops. You know, so you're on a trip down, and, and you'd be playing a little bit more, and then you'd be like, oh, they're dead. Two more. Pop them in. You know, I played a lot of Tetris. Is that is that something that your parents hooked you up with? Was it a birthday present? Or do you remember coming in, like, when you first got your Game Boy? I remember I first got my Game Boy because um, – I had wanted a computer, and I, I remember my, my dad saying that it was kind of tough because of all the medical stuff going on. So yeah. um, I remember my, my mom and dad talking about getting me a present and everything like that. And I remember, how, I remember to the day exactly how I got my Game Boy. We ended up going to the store, and it was like – it, was like, um, it wasn't like a game store, but it was more like um, – like a flea market kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with those, like a flea market. Yep. And so there was a game guy at the flea market. And we walked up and my dad, my dad's like, Hey, I want to get my son a present for his birthday, this, that, the other. And so then we were looking at different things. And then, um, I saw the game boy and I was just like, I want that. And then he was just like, he's like, Oh, that's cool. You know, that's kind of like a portable Nintendo. You can play it on the go. It takes he batteries. Knew all about you know? it. Yeah. So the guy was talking to my dad and my dad's like, Oh, that sounds like it would be a good thing, you know, for the car rides and stuff like that. So, and when I was in the hospital and, you know, stuff like that, they used to actually have like a TV on a cart with an NES and a couple games or whatever, man, I played so much Mario three. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's great. Uh, at the hospital there. So yeah. yeah. So with that and the, 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 the game boy, it was just like, it was really cool. And I remember, I remember then later on, um, a lot of my friends started getting the game gears and stuff like that. And I'm like, that thing's in color. Wow. And then I saw how many batteries they would go through. I'm like, nah, I'll stick to my game. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) That thing was like a portable 40 pounds. It takes like nine batteries or some odd number, stupid thing like that. But were you ever into the console wars with that? Like, was it ever a lot of like, this thing's better the game? Oh yeah. No, I remember back in the day on the playground, like I was always hardcore Nintendo. Yeah, of course. And, and then my brother ended up getting a Sega Genesis for, I can't remember if it was like a birthday or Christmas or something like that. And so then me and him would argue back and forth, but we would play games on each of them because, and then the only reason why my dad got, got the Genesis was just because he got tired of us fighting over who was going to play the next (laughs) time. Because at that point in time, I think we were, I think it was, um, Final Fantasy six, AKA Final Fantasy three, uh, here in the United States or North America as we got it. 
I played the ever-loving mess out of that game. Like, I played that game backwards, forwards, everything. That's my favorite Final Fantasy game. If you didn't listen to the Life of Gaming episode that I did with Josh and Jamie, you should definitely listen to that. Because they're just like, Ray, how do you know so much about Final Fantasy? I'm like, because I was a big Final Fantasy nerd back in the day. Not so much since 10. I haven't played too many of them. Like, I played a little bit of 13. I yeah. played some of 14, and I'm kind of hyped to see what 15 does. But Totally. Yeah, Final Fantasy was my JRPG, JRPG you know, game of choice, that, that franchise of choice. I'm definitely going to have to so, go, go back to that Life of Gaming podcast because that's one of my new favorites. I've been listening to those guys for a couple weeks now, and oh, my God, that's just so hilarious. James cracks me up so much every time. I was just telling him <laughs> today he did on this last episode. He did this huge, long pregnant pause right before he went into Captain's Log, and it just I was walking through a Costco because I do that on Mondays. Uh, and I'm just cracking up like on this stupid podcast. It was hilarious. I want to, I want to go back to Final Fantasy three because I've always been, um, or Final Fantasy six. I've always been intrigued. Uh, I didn't play that when I was younger. I've kind of gotten into role playing games much, much later in life where I had technically, I think a little bit more cognitive ability. I'm not sure if I actually do. Um, I started reading at a more advanced level, but that's probably about it. Walk me through as a as a young child. We're both eighty three, eighty four kids. You're not that old, and you're walking through. Even now, we would look back at Final Fantasy VI as being a pretty deep, pretty involved game. Like, is that just like a crash course in everything that you would need to know for the future of gaming, or what? What is that like coming in fresh as a young kid into Final Fantasy? Oh man, I have to say though that game has like all of, all of the elements that you would want in a you know JRPG. That game pretty much has them. It has the deep story, the interesting characters, the plethora of characters. Mm-hmm. It has the different mechanics with you know you know um with like the Esper system, yep. and you know then you know you have the way you learn your magic, and then the way you get to use the different characters and the branching story paths and how you can kind of have the freedom to open up the world once you get the airship. And it was, I mean, that game still to this day, everybody's like, Oh, final fantasy seven is my favorite. I'm like, Nope, six. Like to this day, Lee and I argue about that all the time. He's like final fantasy. I'm seven. I'm like, Nope, six. But has he played six? six? Is, he's played six, but he, 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 I think he, what happened was he ended up playing seven first Oh, okay. And since yeah. seven was the the advent of the 3D, and that's what I think I find is a lot of the people that grew up more on the sprite based gaming, like me, tend to love six a little more, yeah. and then seven was the, the next step into that. But just the way that system is, and the way you play, and like the opera scene in Final Fantasy six, every time it gets to, it gets me. So every I think time. there's a there, the embargo is up on spoilers for for that. What's what's so <laughs> I haven't played. I'm probably not going to get around to it. If you, if anybody's planning on getting to Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> just just like mute for a second. 20, I want to know what, what 22 years later, or whatever it is. <laughs> I, now. Think it's, I think more has been spoiled on Final Fantasy VII very openly. So I think it's. I think we're okay. So spoiler, fairly warned. This is a, a overly long spoiler warning. I'm totally interested. What's this opera scene all about? The opera scene is um, one of the characters. Uh, her name it's either Celis or Celis. Yeah, uh, is is in the opera scene, and basically there's like branching dialogue, right? Um, for that, and basically Locke, the main protagonist, male protagonist, is in the scene with her, and you can choose the different words, and there's it's just the words that they're singing, and just the meaning behind it. And you can tell the chemistry behind them in the story and things like that. And it's just, 
it's it's an amazing it's an amazing game and i'm getting messages as we're recording here <laughs> it's like what's going on guys i'm recording right now with sean don't you guys um, know we got the on airs <laughs> we need an on air light in the middle of our internet right browsers. just give them give them give them a hey do not disturb <laughs> yeah totally um, <laughs> yeah but no and it's just that scene is just i i i think the only other scene that in the Final Fantasy lore that kind of even compares to that would be the death scene in Final Fantasy VII, right? Which a lot of gamers they they still cry over to this day, and you know it it hit me hard too, you know. But still, just coming from that from my roots, I have to go Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VI was like my hardcore game, you know. And you know, then the other joke I don't know how much of our podcast you got a chance to listen to. I'm I'm a diehard Uncharted fan. Like Nathan Drake is my dude. Like I, I kind of <laughs> I identify with a lot with Nathan Drake because he's like the he doesn't really he's nothing really special. He's not you know he's not like super powerful. He's not really that. He's just some average dude that gets himself into really bad situations and finds his way out. <laughs> but he's super charming. He's a talker. He's you know he's definitely I can see that. I can see he's that definitely like witty and you know he's char- you know he's charming. He's ta- you know he's you know, kind of the quick wit kind of thing. Um, but Lee and Becky call him world's greatest mass murderer <laughs> because they're just like, he just goes around killing guys all the time and no consequences. All those pirates within, you know, with orphan children around the world. I was like, well, they shouldn't be bad guys, you know, helping bad guys. You shouldn't bad have been guys. standing there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Have you ever seen a movie? This might be a deep cut. Have you ever seen a weird owl movie called UHF? Yes. Oh my god. So every time I play Uncharted, I think of, of UHF. They did a spoof on Rambo 3, I think yes. it was. And they're like, they have <laughs> yes. like the death count coming up, and the guys are like piling on top of each other. And, oh my god. I think as soon as, as soon as you're talking about Uncharted and the and mass murder, I think of what a ridiculous thing. UHF, what is that? What is that like 25 years old? Like, and that thing Something is so like fresh that. in my mind. Like, you know, Kramer before he was Kramer. And I don't know. Anybody else who's watched that movie is cracking up right now. I, yes. I love UHF. Just a hilarious Definitely. movie. So Final Fantasy is a game or a series that has a few of those characters kind of recurring game to game to game, right? Who's your Who's your favorite and which iteration is your is your favorite of some of those recurring characters? Uh, I guess I would have to go with like Sid. Sid is in his yep. different it, it, different iterations, and now her different iterations with Final Fantasy fifteen. You know, it's really I think it's really a cool thing how they kind of have that repetition through history kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like a different world. It's a different world, a different time, but there's always that one character that comes back. Now, do you have your certain favorite character that you keep seeing come back? No, my okay. my my experience. I have to be. I have to be upfront with you. My experience with Final Fantasy is very much through proxy. So, um, a few times during the in f- few past episodes, I I make mention of the mysterious neighbor Matt. He was my uh, my best friend still to this day. Growing <laughs> up, he was my best man. We grew up next door to each other. Like I don't have. I don't know if you have anybody like this, but this is. I think everybody should have somebody in their life where they don't have a memory without this person. And neighbor Matt is that for me. I don't have a a time in my life where I I don't know him in my brain. And uh, so he was always the guy who had, like, we weren't allowed to have consoles. We always had uh, PlayStation, or sorry, um, PC games at our house. But neighbor Matt was 19 seconds away through this little gate between our yards. 
And uh, so I would always kind of go over there and I would see him playing Final Fantasy VI and then Final Fantasy VII when eventually he caught, when he got that one. And um, it's funny because I was playing Bravely Default not too long ago. And every time I finished a fight, like every time I finished a battle and I would win and that screen would pop up, I would hear in my head instead of the actual Bravely Default, I would hear... <laughs> and then the whole like anyway so i would always hear that stuff i feel like i know final fantasy 7 better than i actually do um and my my wife just went through so against by proxy my wife was just playing final fantasy 13 so i was watching her go through the whole lightning thing and so i know sort of enough to be a little bit familiar about it and, and one that i want to i want to dive into but i've been playing all the other games that have been inspired by final fantasy i think and bravely default being being one of them super pumped about bravely second coming out in just a couple of months here, I guess here in America. So, yeah, I've been meaning to get to bravely default, um, because I've heard so many good things about it. Um, another big thing in, if, uh, we, I just did the life of gaming anniversary episode with them and they broke it all up and they're making it two episodes, I guess. Yeah. And they made me pick, they're like final fantasy six or final fantasy tactics. I was like, why must you do oh, this? Oh no. Because well, I love those tactics games. I love the the strategy, like the the tactics grid based games, like that and Advance Wars and Fire yeah. Emblem and all those games that are like that. I love those games. Like I've been playing Fire Emblem, uh, Fate's Birthright, like nonstop, uh, nice. fighting Insomnia off, and I've been i like twenty four hours deep already into that. Fighting I haven't played insomnia. much more. <laughs> I actually do have insomnia and there are nights where I can't sleep and like I try to sleep or I lay in bed and it's just like it's not coming and it's I'm foggy enough to where I can't really do anything else yeah. uh, and it's just like I can kind of model my way through menus and make decent decisions without messing anything up too bad because permadeath is bad okay <laughs> yeah man you need to you need to focus in this game I want to I want to go to Fire Emblem in just a second but um how how much is caffeine a part of your life if insomnia is keeping you up at night? I, I really feel for I like I if I didn't sleep I don't know what I would do. And it's really the main thing that gets in the way of me gaming. So I I'm like, I wish I could just stay up and play games, but then I talk to somebody with insomnia, it's like that's not so much fun. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I actually went four days last week without sleep. I thought you were joking. Um, I I heard that no, and I thought you were I, kidding I, four full I days. I seriously went four full days with no sleep. Um, I actually did what my doctor calls resting my eyes where my body doesn't go into like I don't hit sleep at all, but it's just enough to keep my eyes moisturized to where they're not all super duper bloodshot and I can get my body to rest enough to where I can have some energy. Uh, but caffeine, what's funny is my doctor's like, well, you should cut back your caffeine. I'm like, but if I cut back my caffeine, I'm like literally miserable. Yeah, totally. Like, you don't understand. Like I tried that and I was terribly miserable for like three days. I'm like, look, I need a cup of coffee and I need it now. No doubt. You know? So yeah. Um, usually I have maybe, I may have like a couple cups of coffee in the morning and then maybe a soda in the afternoon, Sure. Uh, like a Coke or a Pepsi or something like that in the afternoon. But I, I, man, I used to go really hardcore on the energy drinks and stuff like that back, back a while ago. And during our marathon, yeah, there's no short supply of, of course, monster or Mountain Dew or whatever the certain choice of energy, whatever, yeah. you know, when we're gaming for 24 hours, it's, 
it's kind of like, I'm like, I really hope my insomnia works to my favor and I can go 24 hours without needing any of that stuff. It's always when you need to stay up that you can. I definitely got a little bit of a taste of how horrible an energy drink is for you. I used to work in retail. I worked at Canada's like Best Buy way back in the day. And uh, we were there at three in the morning and you'd work until whatever it was, nine at night. So you had a big, big, long, crazy day for, for like a Black Friday sale. And uh, we're there in the car audio install bay and our, our general manager's getting us all pumped up. And a couple of us in the back, we all had like four Red Bulls in our hand and we started sh- like where you poke a hole and you start shotgunning these things. And I, I kid you not, my face, I could feel every like heart <laughs> beat in my face. I'm like, okay, so I think I should probably take it easy on these energy drinks. It's pretty hilarious. But uh, yeah, if- sorry, go ahead. No, if, if you're definitely not used to them, they're not for, <laughs> for the for the faint of heart. Seriously, like there are some people that I know that can take like three or four of those and they're fine and they're just going and they're pepped up and they're woo. One, some people take one and they're like, I can't. I I seriously can feel everything. I can feel the vibrations of the earth around. Seriously, me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun experience. Though. It's a it's a fun story to to tell, anyways. But are you? Uh, you said you have a Coke or a Pepsi. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say. It. They'll have either one. Usually, it's one or the other. Depends on wh- whatever I could find. I I am definitely a, a Pepsi person. Yes, I prefer Pepsi. I prefer Pepsi. Uh, that actually goes back to, and I blame my mom for this all the time. Because when my mom was pregnant with me, and whenever she would have like a weird, like sugary, weird craving or whatever, she would want a Pepsi. Like nothing else would like satisfy that weird craving she would have. So I tell my mom all the time, it was like, yeah, you gave that, you gave that Pepsi favor to me via the womb like you made me choose pepsi before i even had a choice <laughs> that, <laughs> that is awesome I'm, I'm glad to meet a fellow pepsi drinker because i think we're a rare breed it's weird I, no it's like you go to a restaurant they're like oh like can i have a pepsi they're like is coke okay i'm like no not really <laughs> <laughs> we are kindred spirits my friend that is awesome so going back okay i went way off on a tangent i apologize but it's that's fine. kind of what i do um fire emblem fates your thoughts. You're deep into this game. Oh man, I love that game so much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I I love I like I I have a deep love for Fire Emblem. Um, like I knew of the original Fire Emblem, like the Japanese Fire Emblem games, like because we never saw those. Um, right. But my first actual hands on with Fire Emblem was a friend of mine named Rick had did some. Like, he got some ROMs or something from Japan, or his brother brought him something from Japan, like a Japanese Game Boy or some some weird device that he was able to play Japanese games in. Brought him a bunch of games, and one of the Fire Emblem games happened to be it, but it was all in Japanese. I'm like, how you... He's like, oh, my, my brother or whatever, he got me a translation guide for it. So you would see him, he's like reading through this translation guide. He's like, yeah, so far I've memorized the menu, I've memorized the bottom commands, and I've memorized this and that. Yeah, like, yeah, he started learning to read, like, via the translation guide, what the actual, like, steps in the menu and the choices were. So he was slowly playing through this Japanese game in Japanese. What kind of translation guide guide was this thing? It was made for the game, or was it like a... It was like a, it was like a fan, I guess it was like a fan-made one, or like the game shop, or wherever he he got it from, had one available or whatever. So yeah, so he was able to play it that way. And then, so that was my first, like, I was like, I don't know what... So then when I first saw the first Fire Emblem game for, I believe it was Game Boy Advance, back in the day, um... 
I saw that. I'm like, oh, I got to play it. And I played that game and I played it and I played it. And I played that. Between that and Golden Sun, I swear, I think I killed my first Game Boy Advance. <laughs> <laughs> so you had like the original one or did you have the, uh, did you ever, ever end up getting the SP, the clamshell one? After I, after I murdered my first Game Boy Advance, <laughs> it, last, it lasted long enough. It lasted long enough until the SP model came out and then I got an SP because it was backlit and it was awesome because before if you wanted yes. to play in the dark or yep. in a dimly lit room you had to have one of those stupid warm lights or a lamp or something next to you i love being old now and being able to tell kids like you guys have no idea like with our parents it was we walked to school 10 miles uphill in the deep snow both ways and for us like i didn't walk 10 miles to school like i was like it was basically in my backyard it couldn't have been closer it was cold but it was it couldn't have been closer so my version of that is now you guys have no idea how lucky you have it when when i was your age i had a game boy and it took four double a batteries and you'd have to explain like what those things are and then like <laughs> you were either next to a lamp or if you were lucky your only birthday present would be this giant gray add-on that it would like hook onto the top and either magnify and or illuminate the screen that you had on your original game boy like some of the accessories somebody's got to go compile some of these things because people we paid not just real money but a lot of real money to have just to use this thing like it wasn't in so many cases if you're on a car ride at night you can't use your game boy you're stuck no, in the back you used to have to play between the between the, the street, street lamps. lamps yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then you get this uh you get this clamshell SP and and my god, if that thing isn't the most perfect even to this day, mine still works no problem. I can fire it up and it hasn't lost a battery charge in like 7 years. Yeah, rechargeable batteries were awesome. Oh my god, the whole thing about it was great. You could put in, you know, your new games, your your advanced games, but you could go all the way back to the original Tetris uh your Tetris cartridge you could put in there like this thing was the original backwards compatible machine. Might be the that's best. What, might be one of the best what, consoles. It might be one of my favorite consoles of all time. That's what I was saying. I was like, Nintendo is like the king of of backwards compatibility. They always have been, you know. And and people, I think that's kind of come to skew people's view of Nintendo and the versus Sony and Microsoft. Yep. Because Sony did backwards compatibility with the PS2 to PS1, and then PS3 had it for a little bit, and then. They're like, man, we got to make this thing cheaper because five ninety nine US is not working. Because we told people to get second jobs and stuff, and they didn't make us for it. <laughs> That's like the funniest quote. I think. Oh my goodness! If anybody could go back in time and take something back, that would definitely be one. It's of just them. like, no, don't do oh, it. Don't that's do not going to like, go down so good. <laughs> it's like. They had it was like one of those games where you have the decision or like remember the books when we were kids yep. where he's like choose your own you adventure choose this, choose this. <laughs> yeah choose your own adventure like Sony choose tell people get second job or Sony lower price and make things cheaper <laughs> make things cheaper <laughs> yeah the second one is like a nice long story with a happy ending and the first one telling everybody to get a second job is you know when you skip to the end of those choose your own adventures and you get like maybe a paragraph you're like mm, that was the wrong choice i'm gonna go back and choose again <laughs> you're like you keep your finger on the page so you don't lose it you're totally like, go back, go back, go back, totally go back. <laughs> do you think talking about all this backwards compatibility stuff and knowing that you've been a nintendo guy growing up i know you're you're playing a lot of sony and i want to talk about your five platinums in a little bit because they're impressive um do you think maybe you agree with me on this nintendo as you said is like the king of backwards compatibility Xbox comes out last year and says, 
Xbox 360 games are going to be compatible on Xbox One, and it like blows up the internet. It's a huge deal. Were you like me, where I had my Wii U and I was able to put in Mario Galaxy into into my Wii U, and it it worked like it just worked. You went into Wii mode and it was fine. So Nintendo's over in the corner going, guys, we do that already. Like, yeah, they're like, what about us? We're total guys. We're over here. <laughs> were you frustrated by that or anything? Or like, how do you respond to that type of news? I mean, my, my biggest thing, I, I remember that episode. I was just like, look guys, old game is old. Like, and a lot of people mm. didn't like me for that comment because I'm mm-hmm. like a lot of, I mean, yeah, we all can't play everything. And now I'm on this weird mission, I think in my head to play everything, even though I know I physically can't, can't do it. <laughs> um, cause I pretty much have like all the new games that came out this last fall. I have them. I haven't played through all of them and then more games are coming out now. But yeah, I was kind of frustrated because I'm just like, you know what? We don't buy these these new consoles on the promise of being able to play old games. Mm. And, you know, the biggest thing that frustrated me is, is, is like, kind of like, because also alternate, you know, mid-90s, I kind of went over and reformed over to the PC side. Right. So I was a PC gamer for a while. Kind of like around Half-Life time. kind of time? Uh, like Half-Life, like Duke Nukem 3D time. Oh, yeah. th- that time, that was like in my heyday of, you know, PC gaming. And I'm just kind of like, well, PC kind of already does that. You know what I mean? Oh, and, totally. You know, here you are, Nintendo and the 3DS. They do that with DS games and, you know, the 3DS library. And then you have the Wii U. Like you said, you have Wii U and the Wii games, you know. And so with Microsoft saying, yeah, it was a big thing because that was something that Sony couldn't do or Sony isn't doing. And Microsoft, you know, it's kind of like it was just that middle finger that Microsoft kind of needed to give Sony. But it still hasn't made as much of an impact, I think, as Microsoft thought it was going to. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, sales numbers from just here in, you know, January, end of her holiday of 2015, Sony's pretty much got a two-to-one lead on Microsoft right now. Even though Microsoft hasn't released numbers, mm-hmm. EA dropping the bomb of saying, hey, 55 million, out of that 55 million... 30, like 36 million is, is Sony and the, the remainder is Microsoft. Yeah, that's a lot. It's on pace to outsell the PlayStation 2, which was the most, you know, insane console ever. It's on pace to outsell the Wii, which was insane console. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think it is about it? I want to I know your thoughts on, you know, I think we all know how far ahead Sony is with this, but I want to know kind of. What's your take on it? Why? How is this happening? There's no with the PlayStation Two is the DVD player that everybody's like, yeah, it's the Trojan horse. Um, with the PlayStation Three, I mean, it was expensive, but it was half the price as any other Blu-ray player on the market at the time. Uh, so it definitely had that going for it. But aside from like it, I don't know. I, so I, this is where I turn over to you because I think I have a few thoughts on why maybe they're winning. But like, what is it that makes it so monumental and such a when people think about playing games, they think PlayStation, and that's exactly where Sony wants to be. I think that was that was it exactly. They came in, they kicked in the door, and they said, hey, we're here for the gamers, by the gamers. We want to hear from you. We learned from the mess-ups that we did during the PS3 era. Mm. We're going to give you games. Yeah, not all of it's going to be our own games, which is the biggest gripe that we always hear. Well, Sony, well, you know, PlayStation 4 doesn't have any exclusive games. But look at how far of a lead they have with n- basically no first-party games whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's Bloodborne what I mean. Like, I, I, is, is pretty much it. <laughs> they had Bloodborne last year. Yeah. And Knack at launch. <laughs> We're going to get Knack but too pretty man- soon, I think, too. Yeah, but they, but they maneuvered themselves by making the deal with Destiny. 
And then they're ma- they they brought back Call of Duty to the PlayStation side, away from Microsoft, which I believe, even though I don't think Call of Duty is as strong as it was, you know, what it once was, I still think that was a big, huge move for Sony to bring, you know, Call of Duty back under the PlayStation umbrella and being like, hey, you get your content here free first. Do you think you that know, that was free, more of a win for Sony? First. Do you think that was more of a win for Sony or more of a loss for Xbox? I think it was really a, more of a loss for Xbox yeah. because I think if Xbox would have kept... It, that way, I think that slow momentum would have, you know, come under. Like right now, um, Ubisoft kind of goes both ways with the, the with the games. Like you see, tend to see the Assassin's Creed lead more towards Sony, and then their other shooter stuff lead toward, more toward Microsoft. Mm-hmm. With the division, they're you're, they're getting content free. You know, they're getting content first. I should say, not free first on my on the you know Xbox One. So you kind of see that back and forth, and I think if Microsoft would have been able to keep that positioning slowly, but surely they would regain, you know, some of the momentum and, you know, kind of take that away from Sony. Not saying that they're never going to regain it because eventually the good thing is going to have to come to a slowdown because, I mean, there's only so many consoles that they're going to be able to sell. Mm -hmm. You know, after a while, you know, it's going to slow down to a point where, you know, we'll we'll see, you know, the Microsoft kind of even out a little more. Or yeah. maybe it may end up like last gen, where they were pretty much neck and neck. Are you playing and then the Call Sony of Duty kind of overtook it? Yes. Uh, why <laughs> do you say like a, that? It's almost I'm like not, a shame. I'm not a Call of Duty guy. You know what's funny is I'm not a Call of Duty guy, but I got you know a lot of our gameplay and our, a lot of our interaction has to do with the community. So I do play a lot of games that are even outside of my wheelhouse mm-hmm. um, to kind of be able to interact with you know the nation a lot more and kind sure. of you know play games with them and play you know multiple. Um, if you haven't listened to an episode, there's an episode that we did. I don't know if it's like two or three episodes ago, but there was like a mini intervention that they had for me (laughs) because they're like, Ray, how many times have you bought Diablo three? I was like, gee, I have Diablo three on PC. I have it on Xbox. I have it on PS4. And then they're like, well, how many? And then I bought destiny on PlayStation four and I have it on Xbox. They're like, Ray, you need to stop buying games in multiple places. You know, um, a lot of that just has to do with being able to play with the community and oh, interact sure. with everyone, you know, because for the longest time, I only had a PS4. Right. Um, so then I got an Xbox One, and then, uh, like, there was a Black Friday deal, I think it was, for the Wii U, which came with Smash and Mario Kart. I'm nice. like, that's pretty much all no I'm going to play anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I asked, about, like, I asked about Call of Duty because I want to go back to uh, – I want to go back to this – them jumping ship over to PlayStation because – so you would have been sort of in the know – right along the time when, when Call of Duty Ghost came out. And so we were already kind of moving forward year to year, Call of Duty's happening, and we're like, ah, this isn't really this isn't really as strong as it used to be. Ghost comes out, we're like, this really isn't as strong as it used to be. And I, I think at the time, the the notion that Call of Duty would be moving over to PlayStation, maybe some people didn't think was such a big deal. And now here we are a couple, now two Call of Duties after that. We had Advanced Warfare and then Black Ops 3. And it's back and in a huge way. And so it's interesting to see Sony just, they just got that bet totally right where Microsoft was maybe seeing it the way that some of us were seeing it and that they didn't, they didn't really have anything too strong coming up. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. And maybe I just wanted to know if you were uh, on the same page there with Call of Duty. No, not, no I definitely down, agree. Especially yeah, with Ghosts. Yeah, Ghost was a downer. I I didn't uh, I didn't have Ghost. I ended up playing with a couple friends of mine right. that have it. Um, a couple members of the nation. I ended up playing it at Extra Life that year after it came out, 
And so it was just like, yeah, this is okay. It's not really call it like I I was a big player. Um, you know, we did a lot of our like a lot of our shooter tournaments at Extra Life were usually like Call of Duty Black Ops Two mm. or Black Ops the original Black Ops that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So those feel great. You know, they're great games. And then you got Ghost, and it's just like this just doesn't feel right. And then you know Lee, even though he likes Call of Duty, he usually plays it for the campaigns, and even he was like. Yeah, Ghost was a letdown. Yeah. And and Ghost was a letdown and the community kind of spoke with it. I mean, you found in Bargain Bin for like $10 after like three months on the market. Mm-hmm. Like it dropped really quickly. Would you be happy if they went back? I heard a rumor that Ghost was coming back as Ghost. Uh, the next one was going to be Ghost 2. What would you think if that were I think the case? I, I think they're going the wrong way with that. Yeah. I really – I th- I think what they need to do is they need to kind of – differentiate the formula a little bit because if you're looking at remember with modern warfare and black ops they were kind of different enough to where you got a different experience from either or Mm. one was more present day the other was a little bit more advanced warfare you know no pun intended there Ah, a little bit more of the you know advanced weaponry that kind of thing but now it's like everything is kind of like the dude bro advanced mechanized weaponized you know super shoulder super soldier kind of thing now Mm. you know what i mean where I think, honestly, I think some of the developers may be getting it right by, I think we saw some rumors going back to World War One. Yes, I was going like to ask Trench you. Warfare, yep. stuff like that. Like, I think that would be an interesting take to take it back and have the different two parts of the shooter market. Like, hey, we have the, you know, you know, you have the, you know, the old time, like World War One, World War Two warfare, and then the advanced warfare, the modern warfare, that kind of stuff, like the Black Ops stuff. Mm-hmm. Um one of my favorite shooters of all time was Time Splitters. Oh, I don't nice. know if you ever played those. Yep. I love those games. Like those those were so fun and they were different than any other like back in the day we had like what Call of Duty, Call of Duty the the expansions like Big Red, Big Red 1 and Call of Duty 2 and all that. Oh yeah. And then Metal, Metal Honor was big back in the day. Mm-hmm. And but the the Time Splitters was like different and I just enjoyed the crap out of that game. Like I don't know why, but I did. You know, it was a, it was a different kind of shooter. Yeah, man. Um but yeah, but I think you know, for everything, and but I I prefer third person over first person. So oh, stuff do you? that okay. the cho- stuff that lets me choose, yeah. um, like Battlefront is nice, and the division being in third person does not hurt its cause at all. Like it's making me want to play it more. So division, um, the division, just the little that I know about you, but I'm sort of getting a sense of the profile here. That seems like it's right up your alley. A little bit of RPG, a little bit of shooter, third person, New York. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um. I don't know how much you played of Borderlands, but I played Borderlands ah. 2 to death. <laughs> to death. I played Borderlands 1. Like, I remember the first Borderlands I ended up picking up because my brother's like, hey, there's a shooter. It's an RPG. You know, because me and my brother both come from that RPG background. Like, those were those were right up our wheelhouse. And I'm just like, eh, how can a shooter be an RPG? And I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't really believe it. And yeah. there's like so many guns and everything. But then the story and the characters and stuff like that, and even though the dialogue and stuff in the first one wasn't very strong, the characters kind of sold it. Yep. You know, yep. and then and I was just like, and then when selection. Yep. Yeah. And then when Borderlands Two came out, I was just like, "Yep, I'm all on board. Let's do this." <laughs> and I played it on Xbox 360. I played it on PS3. I played it on PC, and I now have the handsome collection on PS4. Hell yeah! Again, another game that I've bought over and over and over again. I mean, I wasn't going to be the one to point it out, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> so my wife and I have been playing through Borderlands 2. This is our co-op game where I think a lot of couples will play some of the Lego games, or I don't know if uh, people will play, 
Super Mario, the, the some of the newer ones with co-op. I think those are just so frustrating. But when we play, when we sit down to play, we've been playing some Borderlands over the last couple of years, just kind of chipping away at it. Last year we played Borderlands 1, and, and right now we're right in the middle of Borderlands 2 on the Handsome Collection. And this is like... This is my kind of game. I think I'm, we're in no rush to beat it. We're just kind of like chipping away at the quests and just wandering around. She's so OCD about everything too, which is like, which I think I'm usually the OCD <laughs> one, but she's she's going through every single crate, every box to make sure that we're not missing a damn thing, and like, you know, making sure we all have the right. We're topped up on ammo, and it's just great. Like we have like a really good system where. Um, We'll get a we'll get one of those pink vehicles with the the, the rocket launcher vehicles. We'll, we'll run around in bubblegum pink. I'll be driving. She'll have a <laughs> she'll have the map open so I can see where we're off to, and uh, or she'll be the one sniping and I'll run in with a shotgun and be kind of like a tank kind of character going in going going crazy. She'll snipe from above and then eventually have to come save my ass. But Borderlands is it's it, it's about as close to perfection for at least the co op. I everybody I kind of talk to doesn't really play co- too much co-op and so they, they're not quite as pumped about borderlands so it's kind of nice to to meet you and, and just share a little bit of love for borderlands because it's an amazing game oh man you gotta next time you want to play i don't know what level you are or anything but hey i'm more than i'm more than happy um that and my other co-op game my big co-op game and if you go through the nation you know since we just invited you and brought you in diablo yes diablo, this is yes tell me Okay, so um, back when I was sick in 2014, uh, Reaper of Souls Ultimate Evil Edition had just come to PS4, um, which was kind of nice because it was kind of hard for me to kind of sit and everything like that in like in a chair or whatever at my PC, whatever. So it wasn't very comfortable. So when Mm. that came, that became my Zen game. Like we all have our Zen games Mm -hmm. that we just like we just kind of rock out to and just go. That was my Zen game. Like I'm Paragon 2003, 80 something in Diablo what? 3. What? On yeah. <laughs> Say that again. You're Paragon what? Paragon 2003, <laughs> I know people that are higher than that though. That's the sad part. So with a single swipe, how many zeros are you seeing? Like you're probably turning um, that whole like a hit count off. You're probably before turning that off. they changed the hit counters. I think it was like 27 zero places <laughs> at one point on Torment Six. <laughs> Where do you where do you start with Diablo? Is the Diablo three the first one you started with, or do you have a little history there? Um, I started playing like uh, like I said back with the PC days. I played the first Diablo, then right. Diablo two, and then the long wait for Diablo three. I got Diablo three. Lee got it for me. I think the year after release for my birthday, and then we we I I didn't play it too much because back then my PC was kind of cruddy. It didn't run very well, sure. and then so for our first extra life together, we put together like our Frank computer, as we called it. Like it was just a Frankenstein computer of like old parts. Like it had like one of these old AMD, like GPUs. It had like an old, like dual core um, Intel. And it had some other stuff. Like it was just a mismatch of borrowed our friend Rob's power supply. And I bought like a $30 case off of Amazon. It was like a Rosewell challenger case or something like that. So we basically cobbled it together. Um, and so then I started playing Diablo a little more there, but then by then it had come out on console and I feel so, it feels so great on console. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically played that forever. And honestly, I didn't, I always played for fun with my friends. And so if, as you were talking about platinums, I, my last platinum was Diablo three. I just spotted um, that. Yeah, man, that's impressive. 
So walk through, and it's, walk through kind it's of like a grindy the, platinum. Yeah, <laughs> t- tell me about like playing without dying, playing on a hardcore, playing all those like you have to play through a. I don't know what's the minimum playthrough on that thing, like seven. You have to play through. You have to get each character to level seventy, and then you have to do it on hardcore. And then you also have to do like bounties and then there's other different trophies for breaking things and, you know, killing like so many goblins, which are a pain because they only spawn in certain areas Mm -hmm. or certain intervals. And then like, I just got it because I finally got disciplined. I said, you know what, that, that bounty trophy has been haunting me too long. It's the only trophy (laughs) keeping me from getting the platinum. I've already played probably like 500 hours of Diablo. I need to just buckle down and do it. I love it. it done. There are certain Platinums out there, you probably are like this as well, where it just, when I see somebody who's got the Diablo Platinum, I have so much gaming respect for that person, and so my kudos to you, that's a lot of, that's a lot of dedication. Do you have any other Platinums that you're sort of like equally as proud of, or is that kind of take it for you? That kind of, that kind of take it, um, that kind of takes it for me, um, I have so much fun with Diablo, and yeah. I like I always joke around. Like I was joking with Joey from the Digital Nerd Advocates this last episode that we did with them. They were on our our show, and I was like, "Hey, man, I backpack. I did a lot of backpacking on PS4. I need somebody to backpack me on PC. Just backpack me. Let me go." Oh my <laughs> god, man, that's awesome! You know, and and so our our famous thing was uh, we would always call ourselves the Diablos. It was me, my friend Adam. <laughs> My friend June Howe, and then it was, uh, I think it was another one of us. I can't remember who else, who the other original, oh, Justin Page, my friend Justin Page. Um, so it was us three. We started playing Diablo that summer when I was, I basically, the way my day would go is um, my girls would go off to school or daycare. Sure. My now ex-wife would go off to work. Yeah. And then I would, you know, be at home and, and stuff like that. And I would work. I was working from home at the time, but there were times where I was too sick to work. So depending on things like that, I would hop on Diablo for a little bit or on my lunch breaks, whatever, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like, hey, guys. And we would say, hey, Diablos, assemble. And then we would all hop online. Diablos, assemble. Diablos, assemble. And that's our thing. <laughs> and so it's funny how that little joke kind of turned into a thing because now anytime we talk about diablo we call we we call it the diablos we're like hey diablos and diablos. We, it just kind of stuck and it's just like then one of our pond members said hey i turned my aunt into a diablo too and it was just funny how that kind of took a, a life of its own after we kind of just made a joke about oh it oh my you know? god i am just like keeling over that is the funniest thing i think i've ever heard that is Awesome. How many how many people can you play co-op in, in Diablo? Is it up to four players or can you do more it's than four that? Players. That four game, players. man, it's I wish so I may copy you a little bit here because I might have to buy a second copy of that where right now it's it's a disc. And this segues into something else I wanted to talk to you about. Um I have it on disc right now, but that's a game that like I didn't have any reason to, other than the fact that I finished the story, um that was the only prompt that I had to take the disc out and then put it back on the shelf. But that's a game that I could go back today, tomorrow, five years into the future. Like that's something that, that I should have purchased digitally. Um, and that's kind of the way that I've been approaching games lately is if there, if, uh, especially multiplayer heavy games like the Call of Duty games or Halo or some of those other ones where if I spot one of my friends who's playing a multiplayer match and I just want to like jump in, that's where digital is really showing its value for me. Um, as well as game sharing as well. Like that's how my wife and I play Borderlands. We've got two screens set up side by side. So we both play each other, like we each have a PlayStation 4 and we, we've been playing that way. And I just share one copy of the, the handsome collection with her and that 
kind of works that way. Um, but back to Diablo, like I wanted to, I might want to trade that one in so that I can get it on sale maybe or, or somewhere cheap on a flash sale. So I can just, I just want it always on my PlayStation so you can just jump in, play it for an hour or something. But like, that's just how lazy I am. I don't want to go up and get it and put in this. It's so stupid, but that's kind of what no, I'm I the am. same way. Like right here to my left, I have like a game rack with all my games in it. Well, most of my games in it that faded there. Yeah. Um, and it's just like when, because there's like games that I bought physical, and then games I got digital, and digital I got Diablo digital, and Smart. I go right over to it, and I pop like I'll be I'll look on my friends list if somebody's playing Diablo that I, I play Diablo with, I'll hop in and I'll just pop in their game, and then I'll either start a chat or see if they're in the chat, we'll start talking. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna hop in your game, okay. And then what's funny is I actually got Becky and Lee Diablo three for Christmas for PS4. I was like, here you go, I love Christmas that. present. Tell me about no, you guys. Tell me, I want before I I love the Diablo, but I got to know about this friendship that you guys have because you're buying each other lots of stuff. Like, how did you guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I think I maybe have one friend that we buy each other like Christmas and birthday presents, and that's it. My friends aren't buying me shit. So, like, wh- <laughs> where did you guys? Where did you guys meet? Like, you said you work together way back. Becky, Becky Lee and I worked together, and our common goal was. Um, she was pregnant and my ex-wife was pregnant pretty much around the same time. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of like, we met during like training orientation kind of thing cool. back in 2009. Um, when I first moved to New York, uh, cause I was living in Philadelphia area before that. And my, my wife at the time had moved down there with me, but then there was an opportunity to start with the company up here. Um, that's closer to home for her. And so we moved up here. I took the job there and, you know, the rest was history. We became friends over the, our girls, uh, her son, Cole, and my daughter, Evangelina, who's five. Oh, I love And it. her son, that's Great five. Name. So we kind of became friends with that way. And yeah. then it kind of was like, hey, I, 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 I kind of, you know, she started talking about World of Warcraft. And that's oh, like, oh, there old, it is. <laughs> that's a, that's an old, like, World of Warcraft. Okay. And then she's like, yeah. And then at the time, her and Lee were dating and she's like, yeah, my boyfriend. And then they got engaged. And then, so then I first met Lee for the first time. Uh, at was she kind of shy about World of Warcraft? Party. Was that something that she was like, kind of, no, she was actually kind of proud about yeah! it because what we were talking about, we were talking about, and she was talking about Pat wanting to go to PAX or something like that. Sure. And then she ended up going to PAX. Lucky person she is. No doubt. Um, and we were talking about it and everything like that. And then, so I first got to meet Lee at Cole's first birthday party. Cause she's like, Oh, you and the girl should come and everything like that. And so the rest was history. We kind of just became friends, you know, via that bond of gaming, which as adults, it's hard to do yeah, unless man. you like meet other people playing games and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's one of the big things that we kind of, um, that's one of my big, I guess, sayings that I say all the time. Lee's like, like Ray always says, you know, I always say, you know what, play what you love, love what you play. Um, you know, I always say, you know, no matter what, what it is that you're a nerd for, everyone's a nerd for something. You know, I just so happen to be a nerd for games, you know, be a Board games, card games, Magic Gathering, cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, video games, you know, stuff like that. You know, tabletop, you know, even like your role playing stuff like D&D. You know, we kind of we kind of cover a little bit of everything. Sure. And and that's kind of where. And so the friendship just kind of became bigger and bigger as our kids got closer and our families got closer. Um, I refer to Becky and Leah as my family because I really don't have any family here. So they are friends that became my family because I got to choose them. You know, that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, So, yeah, they've been with me through a lot of my hard times and they've never stopped believing in me, never stopped pushing me. 
and never stop, you know, telling me, hey, you know what? You're being a jerk right now or, hey, you're being dumb. Oh, I'm sure you know, you're never a jerk. Off. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, she's like, say. hey, you're you're kind of you're kind of you're kind of letting the pity party get to you. You need to pick yourself up and keep going. You know, Becky's good for that. Her pep talks. You know, I love Becky. and Becky loves me. But there are sometimes her pep talks. They're, they're kind of double edged. Tough, they're tough love. love. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I love her for it because, you know, she always she always keeps me centered. And I always tell. I always tell um, the joke that I always tell Becky, I said, Becky, you're my R2 because she never really got the joke and because she wasn't really a Star Wars person until right before episode seven came out. But I always used to tell Becky, you're my R2. You always keep me on path. You know, you keep me on target. I love it. Oh, that's so, oh man, that just warms my heart. That's like such a great story. The fact that you guys are now have the standing date was every week you guys release your podcast. We release our podcast every week uh, as long as no more life happens. We went through like a two to three month period where we were all kind of in flux and transition with a lot of things, yeah. um, you know, like with my personal life and things like that. And um, it's funny that you mentioned your co-op gaming with your wife, my girlfriend. I'm trying to get her into gaming. Yeah. And the fun thing that I'm getting her into gaming with is Disney Infinity. Yes. Nice. <laughs> How's that going? So, How's it working out? Uh, we st- we started playing the inside out. She likes the inside out, like the platforming element. Some yeah. She's not such a big fan about the uh, the action stuff. Like we tried to do the the Star Wars Force Awakens playset. Mm-hmm. She wasn't such a fan about that. But my girls, they love gaming. Uh, my oldest daughter Janae, she actually does. She's actually this is her fourth year of the marathon, and this will be the third year she's actually or no fourth year she's trying to do it straight through. No way. Yeah, she last year she fell asleep. She goes, Dad, I'm Aww. sorry I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm Aww. like, but you don't have to stay up. But she's like, no, I want to. And, you know, trying to get them started early, you know, show them the benefit of, you know, helping out the community, stuff like that. So, I mean, this talk can go a million different ways, and I go on tangents too. So you got to kind of rein me in sometimes <laughs> and keep me, keep me on task here, keep me on, on topic, stuff like that, you know, but... Well, that's yeah, why so you asked what, me before what, the show. Is like you're like, do you have a do you have a rundown or anything like that? I'm like, nope, man. No, nope, because just... usually that's the thing though. Lee is a taskmaster. The maestro keeps us on point. <laughs> He's like, no, we're staying on task. You know, we we tangent it up all the time though. He's just like because we try to keep our our podcast within a realm of listenability. I guess is what we look at <laughs> because if you go too short, people want more. If you go, you know, you find that right sweet spot, they listen through to the end. But if you go too long, they end up getting distracted or turning you off before you're done. Well, Seinfeld has said that, you know, you want to leave the audience waiting. So I always do the George Costanza wherever there's a, wherever I make a good joke midway through the workday. I'm like, I'm out! That's it! (laughs) I throw up my hands and I'm, I'm out. And how many of our listeners, or how many of your listeners actually get that Seinfeld reference? I think if you, if you I, don't, I, then... I, I feel old, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> There's something innate about podcasts that I think attracts Seinfeld fans, really. Let's, let's get real. You want to get yeah, deep into a conversation, you want to get deep into a, a topic. It's for, for podcasts, and oh, I just... It's all, it's all George's fault. It's all, he's, he's all George's he's fault. He's my hero, man. I talk about, <laughs> I talk about like having a, a hot cup of coffee that's on auto steam for the like first couple hours of the morning so I can make it look like I'm at work instead of actually being there as long as it looks like my coffee is hot and fresh and it's on my desk then I'll just do that or I talk about <laughs> setting up like a bed underneath my desk and just having a nap midway through the day like I'm all over that George Costanza is just the best I mean even just living in New York that's like my dream man I've gone to comic-con a couple times I think three three New York comic-cons and uh, a San Diego comic-con just this past this past year and I, I gotta tell you, I 
I liked New York so much better than San Diego, and I I'm sorry to anybody who's out there in San Diego, but New York that's my that's my place, man. That's a awesome place to visit and a great Comic Con out there. Well, I've been to where they hold the Comic Con. I've never been there to the Comic Con in New York, um, but just that area is well well laid out, and yeah. it's actually you know it's pretty easy to get around. You know you know either it be like transit wise and stuff like that, or if you need to take a cab or whatever. San Diego, from what I've heard, all the horror stories, yep. I heard it's pretty much like in the middle of like the outside and getting there is a nightmare, getting mm-hmm. around is a nightmare. There's nothing really around and it's just not great. It, you know? it really and, isn't. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of coming to New York, by the way, um, I'd like to extend an open invite to you if you're able to. You know, we do have our national game day coming up for Extra Life this year, November 5th, 2016. It's a Saturday. Um, you are more than welcome to join us here in central New York if you can make the trip. Oh my god, we that actually would be amazing. Have, we actually have a lot of a lot of our podcasting brethren as we call them, which you're now a part of. Um, we have like the DNA guys, the digital nerd advocates, Corey and Joey are looking to come. Uh, we have uh, the neat guys, Kiku and Ray Apollo, um, and you know, Josh Finney and those guys from Neek. Uh, we've extended it out to Josh Brandt and Jamie of uh, Life of Gaming. And, you know, a couple of the other, you know, a couple of the other groups that Platinum Achievement guys, uh, Matthew Keel and um, Antonio Guillen. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them at all, um, but we've kind of extended it out to everyone. We're, we, we're nicknaming it lovingly our PonCon. We're basically calling it. Um, you know, we're trying to bring sweet. everybody together to come hang out, do some extra yeah, life, man. play some games, get to know everyone. You know, we had last year we had our friends from Arizona, Paul, Paul Wright and Claire Hain, they came from Arizona to join us um, last year for our Madden, um, our Madden tournament we had with our local GameStop. Um, as we were talking about um, the GameStop, you know that we partner with and that lets us do our extra life stuff with them. Um, we actually had a Madden tournament, and my friend Nub from Louisiana, from uh, he's from Slidell, New Orleans area. What's up, Nub? He's actually he's actually a retired Madden like pro Madden player. Holy shit! <laughs> so he came up and he was just wrecking fools. He's just like, hey. Open challenges and nobody. He went like thirty-two and zero that night. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, yo, I'm sorry. Did I just break the game? <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man! Yeah. So we do all kinds of fun stuff to try and get the community involved and stuff like that, and you know, just bring gamers together. That's our big thing. Is like, you know what? No matter what you like, no matter what, you know, you know, we're kind of all nerds together. So why not, you know, find the common ground and all come together? You know, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this whole podcast is about. And uh, man, we're talking about listenability. I th- think that might actually just do unless there's anything that you wanted to tell me or ask me that uh i've totally glanced over so we were talking about platinums oh yes 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 um so there's a couple things i want to ask you so how did you get into gaming what was your entry into gaming oh man nobody's ever asked me that before that's so interesting um so as i mentioned like my my console gaming experience is mostly through proxy by through neighbor matt um so my my family we had four kids um so and really only my dad worked so uh anytime we asked for a nintendo it was like just <laughs> no it's just not gonna happen but we had a computer my parents always thought that you know having a computer in the house was really important for school and learning how to type and and they thought that that was going to be sort of like the way of the future so they saw it as more of an educational tool than anything and then kids being kids and just kind of like wandering on that thing we've we figured out a way to to Oh, I remember even just buying our first Sound Blaster. We went to, uh, like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is going way back. So anybody who's, like, less than, I don't know, 
if you're 20 years old this is like not even making any sense to you but way back we had our our first computer was like a 386 and it was uh it was 12 megahertz processor and you could hit a turbo button on it that would make it 25 megahertz we're like we're not talking like when we when we look at processors now right we're talking four gigahertz which is four thousand right and you have four of those we had a single one and it was yeah 12 megahertz and anyway so we had like pac-man and something on that and then a little while long a little little while later we started to upgrade we had a we had a 486 and that's when we started getting like shitty shitty pc ports of console games so we had street fighter 2 and we had mortal kombat on there and that's when we were so pumped about getting a sound blaster because we knew when you played on console and scorpion threw his spear at somebody and he'd say get over here like we were so pumped to hear that coming out of the out of the the pc but it was so like it was awful it was garbled (laughs) none of the music was right and actually because um, as anybody knows now, you had to have a decent rig to run any games. The same was true back then. And a lot of times what we would have to do is shut off the sound processing for the game to visually run at an okay rate. Properly, yeah, yeah. run at an okay frame rate. Yeah, you had to turn the sound off so it wouldn't try and process the sound through. Yeah, no, I remember all those, yeah, man. those headaches with early PC gaming. Oh, like, man. I remember, <laughs> you remember dial-up modems, how you had oh. to connect the <laughs> We would yell downstairs and go, don't pick up the phone. Because <laughs> we'd be like, playing. Mom, are you on the phone? Yeah. I need to use the internet. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so we would spend my, I remember, okay, so I remember two upgrades specifically. The Sound Blaster. So this is how dumb we were. We bought the Sound Blaster because we wanted to hear Scorpion say, get over here. So we bought, I think it was like 150 bucks. We get home and that's when we realized we need to buy speakers for the thing. Like we didn't, we had it like, oh my god, like <laughs> so stupid. Uh, so and that, back in the day, regular regular speakers weren't like like any speakers you probably had around the house were the big jack, yeah, not the little three point five jack. No, they definitely weren't going to work. So we went back to the store and like you know when you budget everything as a kid, we were, we were uh, doing paper, a paper route and delivering flyers, and we just did everything that we could to scrounge some money up for this stupid sound blast, and then we didn't have speakers, so that just threw everything totally out of whack. And then the next upgrade um, for the PC was we ended up getting a, a Pentium, and we, I, I started getting PC Gamer. So this is really, if we want to talk about where I started getting into gaming, it was because of PC Gamer. My dad got me for Christmas, he got me a year subscription to PC Gamer, and it had one of those giant holiday editions it was like 300 and the pages demo disc that it came oh with. my god that thing yep, was I remember amazing that. I used to get those too. but that was my introduction to back in the day we used to call these 3d accelerators now we just call them graphics cards or video cards but back in the day yep. like this was something really special uh, and so we bought i think it was we were down in disneyland and this we had to because we had to come down to canada to get this thing that's how special it was we spent 600 dollars us which was like 750 or 800 dollars canadian for a, a Diamond Monster 3D FX, it had 12 megabytes of video <laughs> video <laughs> RAM, and that is what made running Unreal on our PC possible. Was having that thing, and like Unreal changed my life. I played that game so much, and that's where I started getting into surround sound on my PC setup. I had like the four speakers and the subwoofer. And there was a scene in Unreal where you're going down this hallway and everything's like fine. Everything's beautiful. They've got this, all the lights start shutting off one by one by one by one. It's like boom, 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 boom. And you hear this growl and then you hear a door open and two red lights that are basically eyes off into the distance. 
and he would growl at you and then the lights come back on and everything's strobing and he's coming at you and like that that's a scene like for the opera scene in Final Fantasy for you like this scene in Unreal for me is just like burned into my brain probably as much as like the opening for Half-Life where where you're just doing that opening scene and you're doing um like that little experiment you push the card into the lasers and then all hell breaks loose I showed everybody that i was grabbing my neighbors across the street and going like you don't even like games but here i gotta show you this and you sit <laughs> like, them... look at this look what my computer can do yeah <laughs> you sit them down at the computer and like that's where you talk about games telling telling a story outside of cinematics i mean i would sit somebody down and i would just be on pins and needles waiting for them to push the cart into the laser knowing that that's what the game is telling you to do and something horrible is about to happen like that's my that was my entry into games. I was hooked. I was hooked ever since I saw Mario, like the very first Mario way back in the day. But having a computer in the house that was playing Unreal, was playing Half Life. We played a ton of Warcraft two and Starcraft. Like when we're talking about the modem thing, like it was it was playing Warcraft dial up connection with my neighbor uh, neighbor Matt. So yeah, man, that's my that's my getting into games in a bit of a nutshell. I could go on and on and on about. Yeah, that. we can definitely go on. <laughs> we need to get you to guest on Nerd Overdrive. I'm gonna after we do this, I'm gonna send a message over to you and do a formal intro to you and Becky and Lee, and then we're gonna be like, hey, we need to get Sean on the show. Let's do it, like, man, as soon as possible. Let us talk and let us keep going. Um, as far as everything, if is if it's okay for me to just plug, yeah, man, I didn't want to cut you off and tell me. Twitter, PlayStation Network, Xbox, YouTube, everything. You got it going. Okay, so for for Phoenix Overdrive and the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, uh, facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Overdrive. Um, you can find our Extra Life team page at extra-life.org forward slash team forward slash Phoenix Overdrive 16. Uh, you can send us emails at nerd at phoenixoverdrive.com. You can tweet us at nerd underscore overdrive. Or you can hit us up, as I mentioned, the nation is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Phoenix Overdrive Nation. Um, you can check out all our previous shows on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash Phoenix Overdrive. Find us on SoundCloud by searching for Phoenix Overdrive. Or you can look on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Nerd Overdrive. Um, my gamer tags is uh, E-L-R-E-Y-N-Y-617, so L-R-E-Y-N-Y-617. Pretty much everywhere. You'll find me everywhere. With that, that's my Twitter handle. That's every. That's how you can find me at pretty much everywhere. Um, what's funny is, is lately everybody's like, "Are you going to change your your tags and everything?" Because the new loving nickname that they give me is because for the longest time I was the captain and lead organizer of Phoenix Overdrive, but since then we've gone through some changes and stuff like that. So my official official title is now founder, but they started calling me El Capitan. So then every time I'll pop in a PSN chat and it's like a bunch of my friends from the nation, they're like, oh, captain, my captain. Yeah, and they, yes. just, they just totally joke around and mess around. They're like, well, you got to change your tags now. So actually, if you actually get a real name request from me, it says Ray El Capitan. Yeah, Osorio. I saw that. <laughs> so they, because they, 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 they jokingly did that. So, um, but that's everywhere you can find us. Definitely, you know, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we accept anyone and everyone. You know, we just love to talk games and talk about our nerd passions, our nerd loves, and just like for everyone to share, you know, share things with us, comment on things. We do friendly debates all about positivity and bringing people together. Yeah, man. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And uh, it was, this is one of my favorite shows already. This is a great, man. thank you so much. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I, even, it was weird because it was just like, hey, I'll be on. And you're just like, hey, it's happening. I was like, okay, cool. Cool. <laughs>
course, my whole spirit. I've been such a great dude. I'm so glad that I had a chance to talk to Ray. I think you guys, I hope you liked it. I hope that you go check out their podcast, Nerd Overdrive Podcast. It's a shot in the arm with adrenaline just with, uh, with those guys over there. Great show. I can't wait to be part of that one. So be on the lookout for that. Can't wait. But uh, bringing it down a little bit from all of that adrenaline. But still, still on a positive note, I, I mentioned during the show I wanted to read a little excerpt from, from Ray's blog, and it just, you know, just sheds a little bit of perspective. So here's, um, here's a, a little bit from his uh, post on February 29th. It says, Happy Leap Day, Risers. Having lived 32 years on this earth and encountering all sorts of things in my seemingly long yet short life, today I'm reminded of the difficulty of fitting in when you are seen as something different than others with the situation my oldest daughter faced. Her peers at school are different from her in the mindset, appearance, and background. I too faced this as a kid, and was always told by my mother, just be you. Someone will see you for who you are and be your friend. I resisted because as an ongoing person that I am, I always thought everyone should like me, or I should try to have everyone like me. I learned the hard way that not everyone is a friend, nor will everyone like me. As this lesson is still a struggle for my oldest, I tell her the same words my mother told me. There is the old adage, you can't please all the people all the time. I share these words with you with a bit of a twist. Just be you, and others will see you for who you are and be your friend. Never be afraid of being yourself. Let your colors flow outward, your life's light shine bright, and lead with your head high and proud. And he goes on to leave a couple of quotes, and it's just a real, you know, just a really quick story, quick moral just a great message just be you just be you that's what this is all about with we the gamer cast we're in this together we're here to talk to each other we're here to celebrate video games and our love for the games that we play and think about when we're at work and just wanting to get home so i just really appreciated ray's little his ray of light that's a terrible i i don't even mean that as a joke no pun literally no pun intended but uh he was a ray of light for me and uh hopefully he was for you and i love everything that he stands for I had a great time chatting with him and um you know, even after this podcast is over, make sure you go follow him on, on Twitter, LRayNY617. So remember, that's uh, Spanish for the Ray New York 617. E L R E Y N Y617. He's that on pretty much everything. PlayStation, we're, we're now friends on the PlayStation. He accepted friend requests from Awesome Schlong. Yes, that is me. Um, so that's great. I just hope you guys have a chance to connect with Ray. He's a great guy and good chance to talk to him. And Ray, if you're listening, thank you for spending some time with me on this show. And thank you, listener, for choosing We The Gamer Cast. Thank you for listening. And if you're still here and you like what's happening with this podcast, please, 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 um, even if you like it only a little bit, hit subscribe, tell a friend, find me on Twitter at Sean Capri. That's Sean like Connery and Capri like the pants. And let me know what you think, good or bad. Send in some questions. We even have email, wethegamercast at wethenerdy.com. Send me some questions and uh, let me know what you're playing or what I should be playing. I forgot to mention, I'm playing Fire Fire Emblem still. I'm still, well, I, I guess we talked about it with, with Ray, but I'm, I'm diving into that. I want to spend the next week playing some more games. But if you guys have any questions or anything you want to add to the show, I'd, I want you to be part of it more than just... More than just the guests that we have on. This is all about having people. My favorite part of every podcast is when somebody else comes in and, and gets to be part of the show. They get to either hear themselves through uh, a question, through mail or email or, or Facebook or whatever. And then obviously the whole that's where the whole, the whole idea of having a new guest every week is allowing people to just 
be on a podcast. But I mean, that's what it's all about. That's my favorite part, like I say. So who knows? Maybe I even have a giant box of classic Nintendo powers sitting around that I don't know what to do with and might be giving some of those away to a random listener who sends an email. I don't know. That could happen. It's it's possible. And don't forget to send me your fake sponsors for a great live read like this one. This week's episode is brought to you by KickingTheBucket.com. You've all heard of a bucket list. You might even have one. And if you're like me, you might want to go to the Super Bowl. Maybe you want to go take a trip to the moon out in space, but you don't know how to do it. KickingTheBucket.com is your bucket list curator. You just type in your crazy do-it-before-you-quit-it ideas, and the easy-to-use user interface is just like, bam! All the logistics are taken care of for you. Flights, hotels, bookings, tickets, instructions. You want to go to scuba diving in the Antarctica? Some people might call you a dummy. Not at KickingTheBucket.com. At KickingTheBucket.com, there are no dummies, only empty bucketless. That's KickingTheBucket.com, KickingTheBucket.com. And no, that's not a real sponsor. They That website doesn't exist. <laughs> I think they're waiting for somebody to buy it. But uh, that's a fake sponsor for you. The real sponsor is WeTheNerdy.com that hosts this beautiful community podcast. So be sure to bookmark that site. Go there every single day. There's new stuff all the time. Uh, more than just video game reviews. There's lots of comics. So if you guys are even thinking about getting into comics or if you're totally in it, that's that's really the hardcore stuff that's going on at WeTheNerdy.com. So check it out. Uh, right now, there's a great review of Super Hot. That's Super Hot. Go read it. Find out what you think. You might even might even agree. You might disagree. Leave a comment. Let us know. Lots of stuff going on over at WeTheNerdy.com. And one of my I say this for too many podcasts, but I really do mean it. There's 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 a lot of new good ones. You guys got to check out Game Over Man with Sean Messler from episode 13. He does a great show talking about video games and movies. Him and Rory just have a, a really good rapport. You guys should check it out. It's one of my favorites that comes up every week. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, except this. I forgot. I uh, I was on a couple of other podcasts. So I was on Josh Brandt's podcast. He's from Life of Gaming Podcast. They had me a few weeks back. That was a great time. You guys should go find that show. And uh, Bobby, the, the geek guru, had me on the geek cast just this past weekend. I woke up at like 6 in the morning so I could accommodate their eastern time zone and then uh a uk kind like we're all over the place we're international we the gamer cast is going international on other podcasts i guess so yeah go find out those ones those are really good i mean i don't just have these guys on just just because it's great to hang out with them on this show and it's great to hang out with them on their shows and you know i might even start begging these guys to just um be more of a regular on, on their stuff if they'll have me it's great to chat with them i just i feel like i've known them my whole life and i i don't just say that i really do mean it meeting some great people doing the show if uh, you're interested in doing the show let me know we the gamer cast at we the game what the hell's our email address <laughs> uh not what i just said we the gamer cast at we the nerdy.com so send me an email if you want to be part of the show if you know somebody who might be interested um that's a really good way join us on the facebook group as i said oh what else can i get you guys to do that's probably enough hey looking forward to playing some fire emblem gonna Gonna finish off the night with that. Maybe dive back into some Bloodborne. I don't know. I'll let you guys know next week. Otherwise, this is episode 18. It is now in your ears. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>